Now, Executive Suites with WPRI.com reporter Ted Nisi. Welcome to Executive Suite. I'm Ted Nisi, and today we're taking on some topics that will be familiar and understandable to just about all of you. Later on the show, we're going to talk about the business of soup with Blount Fine Foods, one of the most famous names in that industry, and of course, a famed local company. We'll have them on later. But right now, I'm pr- pleased to be joined by two doctors, men of medicine from University Orthopedics, which I bet just about everyone's heard of. And they are doc- or- Dr. Edward Ackerman. He's president of University Orthopedics, and Dr. David Moss. He's a surgeon who recently joined as part of a merger uh, that we're t- going to talk about between two different orthopedics groups. So, gentlemen, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank so, um, as I said, Dr. Ackelman, I bet a lot of people have heard of University Orthopedics. Maybe they've gone for a procedure or a family member has, or they've seen your docs as expert, or you've, uh, they've seen your commercials. But just uh, give people a sense. They, they don't always know who's affiliated with who and what of the scale of what you do at University sure. Orthopedics and where you are. Well, again, thanks for asking us to come by. We're orthopedists. Uh, University Orthopedics has 43 practicing orthopedists. We also have about a total of 60 musculoskeletal care providers. That includes nurse practitioners and physician's assistants. We have about 450 employees. So we have sites uh, in East Providence, in Providence, uh, Middletown, Johnston, um, uh, East Greenwich, multiple sites throughout the state. So generally, most of us have seen most people in Rhode Island. At some point or another. Sometimes, unfortunately for us, right? Yeah, exactly. has gone a little wrong, and we right. need you guys to get it right again. Uh, something that can be tough for people to follow as someone who covers the healthcare beat uh, now and then is who is the relationships between different organizations. So who owns University Orthopedics, or who is it affiliated with uh, when people think of the bigger names? Can you just describe how that works, too? Sure. Uh, so the ownership is the group of partners. So all the physicians who are part of the practice are partners, including David, who's actually uh, joined us as of January 1st. We also have affiliations with lots of things. So for instance, I uh, wear multiple hats. So I'm the president uh, of the board of University Orthopedics, but I also am the chairman of orthopedics at Lifespan, and I'm the chairman of the Department of Orthopedics at the Warren Albert Medical School. So we affiliate with lots of uh, groups, um, and I, maybe David could speak to uh, the affiliation, affiliation that you have. Sure. So we joined, uh, we being the Center for Orthopedics, uh, which had an office in Johnston and still does and will continue to do so. So we joined University Orthopedics as of January 1st of this year. So we're two months into our merger. How's it going so far? Are you happy? Yeah. No everyth- regrets? No regrets. No regrets. <laughs> in front of the president? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. No, everything is uh, moving forward. You know, a lot of challenges just, um, you know, we were in practice for 35 years as Center for Orthopedics in Johnston, in the community, a little bit of a different slant on a university type setting. So, you know, we feel that we bring that community flair, that family oriented, you know, high quality care in the community, you know, that university brings also, but a little bit different. And that was sort of where what we were were bringing or we proposed to bring to the table. Let me stick with you on that, Dr. Moss. Let's talk about the merger a little bit because uh, it's always interesting who's who's aligning with who and which docs are in which practice and and moving around. What made you folks who are at Center for Orthopedics decide uh, to, whether I don't know if you were approached or you approached them, but what made you think like, yes, let's join up with this large organization and become, make something bigger together? Yeah. So there's, you know, I used to say several years ago, you know, every few months you'd hear about something that different that was going on. Now it's almost on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. What hospital system is looking to integrate with what other hospital system or what physician is going to join this hospital? So, 
you know, it became very challenging to sort of get the definitive lay, in the, lay of the land and see what would work best for all of us. And we just felt, um, you know, that like-minded orthopedic surgeons, you know, high quality, good guys, that was the best way for us to um, advance um, as opposed to maybe, you know, being hospital employed mm -hmm. or multi-specialty employed or whatnot. So we like that aspect. And Dr. Ackleman, this is, this is, as Dr. Moss says, a time of, seems like, for an outsider just covering it, enormous change in how the medical profession is structured. Sure. Uh, I, I think that uh, for us, it was a no-brainer because I think that as uh, practicing physicians, what we want, and I think what our patients want, is the best quality, best value uh, surgeons. And so uh, for us, this group is four other uh, orthopedists who joined us are high quality, uh, great with patients, uh, been in the state of Rhode Island for uh, many years. And so from our, from our point of view, just adding high quality providers is really what our essentially core essence is. We want to really provide great care to patients in Rhode Island. And uh, you mentioned your affiliation with Lifespan as a university of orthopedics. Uh, my understanding is you guys were in our associated with Charter Care, which is Roger Williams Medical Center and uh, Fatima Hospital, right? So how has being coming together but still having, you know, those hospital groups can be a little, have a little rise rivalries a bit, I would say, as someone who's covered them for a while. How is it work coming together with the two different sort of hospital groups you guys are tied to? Yeah, so we predominantly have, I mean, I used to do, uh, when I first started, you know, a lot of work at Roger Williams and Fatima, um, and then more recently, over the past several years, predominantly at, uh, at Fatima, being the chair, uh, the chief of orthopedics over there, which I just turned over to Dr. Servian uh, <laughs> recently. So, um, yeah, so that it, it, it becomes challenging uh, system-wise hospital, but we plan to continue to provide the same high quality care at it, within Charter Care at Fatima Hospital. Um, we've been doing it, like I said, for over 35 years. There's no, you know, um, taking cases or doing things differently at different, you know, at Lifespan or any of those facilities. We want to collectively bring these entities together and um, that like I said you know is really where we were where we were going with this whole thing to yeah, make you know basically ways. for your viewers you know we're a business and as the things approach us that we have to invest in much better to do it in scale with good people so for instance uh, electronic medical records extremely expensive for physicians um, if we can do it for larger groups of physicians per physician and for the entire organization it's better. Um, things like uh, buying health insurance or things that uh, a back office, you know, an administrative executive group would do, if you're doing it for a larger group, it's beneficial, even to a group like ours. But, you know, uh, we, we started out with six physicians about 30 years ago and now again we're up to 43 and I think we had 20 employees. We now have about 450. So from my point of view, it's it, we're also a small business. So. Mm. Uh, People think of us as 
uh, orthopedic surgeons providing care, but we also have all the pressures, all the challenges that small businesses in the state of Rhode Island have. We have to go to break, but one other question on that I'm curious. You see also physicians groups, as, as you alluded to, Dr. Moss, becoming hospital employees or joining even bigger groups like the Brown Physicians Network that was brought together in recent years. Do you see University of Picks remaining independent, known by its group, or could you see you guys joining some larger entity in the, in the medium term? Yeah, at least for me, uh, we are open to all options. We've discussed lots of things as partners. As a matter of fact, we're going to have an April strategic offsite where we're going to talk about our future. But it is nice being independent to be able to call our own shots and make our own decisions because we're smaller than, let's say, Lifespan or Charter Care or you know South County, uh, uh, the other health systems in the state, Care in New England. Um, so we actually like the idea of being independent, but we're probably, you know, we're affiliated. We're affiliated with Lifespan. We're affiliated with Charter Care. We think that's good for both the health systems and also for us. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back, we're going to talk much more about university orthopedics, including that fancy new building, very nice looking. You can see looming over Kettle Point in East Providence now. So stick with us on Executive Suite. Welcome back to Executive Suite. I'm Ted Nisi. We are going to talk later on in the show about the business of soup with the folks from Blount Fine Foods. But right now, we continue our conversation with two gentlemen from University Orthopedics, their president, Dr. Edward Ackelman, and Dr. David Moss, who's a surgeon there, who just joined as part of their merger with the Center for Orthopedics, which is out of Johnston, you said, right? Out of Johnston. So yes. all together now. Um, so we were talking before about collaboration. I have to ask you guys about the big thing happening in healthcare right now, which is partners uh, looking to take over Care New England. I hear lots of debates, lots of different opinions, frankly, in the medical industry in Rhode Island about what this could mean. I'm curious what you guys think right now based on what you know. You want me to take that? <laughs> I would love for you to take that. Hot potato. <laughs> yeah, so, so, you know, that's a great question, very hot. Um, I try to think first that uh, what are the opportunities uh, with partners coming to uh, Rhode Island with Care New England? I've been here for 35 years. And one of the reasons why I was attracted to Rhode Island is I was told that there was going to be an integrated academic medical center in Providence. 35 years ago? You were exactly. Told? Okay. And so, you know, we, we, we've tried, and I know, for instance, we have collaboration with the, the dean of the medical school, so I go to uh, a meeting called the Council on Clinical Chairs. There are heads of departments at Brown from Care New England and from Lifespan. I think that with partners coming, this is maybe the last most important opportunity for people in the state to say, we need to get behind a locally controlled academic medical center. That actually combines the talents of Care New England, combines the talents of Lifespan, and obviously the talents of the, the, the people at Brown. Um, I'm a little, uh, so I think there's opportunity, and I think that uh, all groups in that, those three that I mentioned, there have been missteps along the way, and I think now's the time to really step forward and say, do we really want to do this alone? Do we really need an outside partner like partners? Uh, I think that I think of partners coming not as an orthopedic surgeon, but as uh, a Rhode Islander. Uh, the number one thing that everyone should be concerned about, I mean everyone like the governor, the, the speaker of the house, uh, our congressional representatives, uh, in, in, the individual that run our firms, our business in the state, they ought to be concerned about costs because the number one thing that everyone talks about is in terms of cost of care is partners expensive. Uh, we've actually been able to do a pretty good job in the state of Rhode Island of controlling costs. 
But what happens when patients get referred and sent to Boston? Does OHIC have the opportunity to control those costs when the patients are being cared for outside of our state? Is it possible that someone outside of our state who doesn't live in Rhode Island can make good decisions for us? So I think cost is number one on the list. I think number two is, you know, this is a huge corporation. We're not talking about a small corporate entity. Partners is huge, and so when we compare it to uh, local uh, corporations, we're talking about a big company yeah. coming into the state. And I've been, again, here a long time. I heard all of the things that were gonna be good about fleet uh, <laughs> merging with Bank of Boston. Uh, all of a sudden, now we're, that everything's run in uh, North Carolina. The law firms have actually all merged and gone to Boston. Uh, downtown used to be so vibrant. <clears throat> not so vibrant anymore. I think uh, control of what we're doing, I mean, is it gonna be local control? Is it gonna be control from uh, uh, people who live in the greater Boston area? Uh, provision of care, I mean, the care models are gonna change. Do we as a state, do we wanna control that or do we want an outside entity in the state of, from the state of Rhode Island to do that? And finally, convenience. I mean, well, I view, and I think Dave views it, we have all the things that to offer patients in the state of Rhode Island. Why do we need to actually go to Boston? So uh, I think it's opportunity uh, if the leaders of all three organizations can come together. And I think there are risks. And I hope that the Department of Business Regulation, everyone really looks at this cost matter uh, because I think it's a big deal. And I think that uh, businesses should really watch this because this is going to impact care in Rhode Island for the next 20, 30, 50 years. <laughs> You've given this little thought, Dr. Ackman, I can tell. I do want to make sure before we go to the final break that we uh, talk about your new facility. So, Dr. Moss, maybe you can take that a little. What's exciting about this new Kettle Point facility in East Providence as well as the other new initiatives at University Orthopedics? Absolutely. Great question, yeah. Um, beautiful facility, state-of-the-art. Um, multi-office uh, building, surgical center, brand new, like I said, state-of-the-art facility there, which I've had the opportunity to really jump into for the past several weeks, and good staff, good people, good high-quality care, cost-effective. I mean, you know, overall, things are moving to the outpatient setting for convenience, for quality, for cost, and that is a national uh, issue that is happening and to have that opportunity right here in Rhode Island, East Providence, right around the corner here, you know, is beneficial for everybody. Fifteen so, seconds, final thought on that, Dr. Ackleman. Uh, it's a, been a labor of love. It's a great building. It's made for patience, made for convenience. Um, it really is, as Dave says, uh, uh, an opportunity to provide great quality, great value for care and for people in Rhode Island. All right, Dr. Edward Ackleman, Dr. David Moss from University of Orthopedics, thank you both for joining me. Don't go away, though, because when we come back, Todd Blount makes his dramatic return to Executive Suite with more talk about Blount Fine Foods and what they're up to in the soup industry. Stick with us on Executive Suite. Welcome back to Executive Suite. I'm Ted Nisi, and now we're going to talk about a famous name in the local food industry, Blount Fine Foods. And I'm joined by Todd Blount, the president. What generation are you in? Fifth generation. Fifth generation of his family to run the place. And Rachel Gerard, national accounts market manager, I believe also a family member, yes, right? Yeah. So uh, it's a family affair still at Blount. Todd, briefly remind us, your family, how long have you been in this business, and what does the business look like today? Yeah, I mean, we started way back in 1880, right here in Narragansett Bay, you know, farming and, and shucking oysters. Uh, as the oysters kind of ran out, we moved into the clam business and kind of pioneered that through the 1900s. And then more recent history was uh, creating these prepared foods 
uh, obviously to start taking the clams and making clam chowder. But then, of course, that moved into a whole variety of soups. And really today, we are focused on prepared foods, making refrigerated soups nationwide. We're the largest fresh soup company in America. And uh, we're in, uh, practically in every grocery store in America with some kind of prepared food, as well as uh, many restaurant chains. And remind people, what will they see on the label? Because they might be buying blount, uh, right. soup and not know it. That's a great point. <laughs> I mean, we love category management. And so category management means we might have different labels, private label. We also um, sell and, and market the Panera Bread soups around America, as well as some of our own soups and hot to go. And then what's really fun, and one of the things Rachel's working on, is really getting our soups um, further into restaurant chains where you don't necessarily see our name, but you might recognize our flavor. And Rachel, you've been popping up on QVC, uh, which is, I think, a new initiative, somewhat new for you folks. Talk about how that is now playing into what you guys are doing at Blount. Sure, yeah. So QVC came up about on uh, August. Uh, my first on-air date was September. Uh, I've been on three times. We've showed broccoli cheddar, lasagna, which actually sold the best. <laughs> okay. And then we also did the New England clam chowder and lobster bisque. What, as, a, as a now a fellow yeah. television professional like me, what is it like to do brief of that QVC thing? You know My what? wife likes to watch sometimes. You know what? It was, you actually have to take a class and pass it to go on air. So I did um, a full day there um, where you're just immersed in their marketing, which was fascinating. Um, you learn about who their customer is, how to speak, how to have a conversation. Um, and it was really great experience. Gosh, I, I should probably take that class. Maybe the <laughs> yeah. show would get a little better. No, you're so fine. Um, how has that fit into sort of your broader plans for the company right. as you're sort of planning for the when the sixth generation yeah. comes along? So, I mean, now that we've kind of, we believe, have been extremely successful in this refrigerated soup around the country, we, we want to get back um, to our roots. And really, that is to establish a Blount brand. I mean, it's in restaurants, it's hot to go, you see it here and there. Um, so Rachel has helped us put together this first uh, opportunity. These are like alternative channels, you know, it could be mail order, QVC, um, local stores, and where possible to use the Blount brand. So that's kind of our next thing. And it may be outside of soups. We already do mac and cheese, but there's other options in what we're calling uh, Blount's Family Kitchen. And we're doing some market research and some culinary work now to come out with a new line of prepared foods, sides, meals, that sort of thing. Here in your home market, what comes to mind is the, the clam shacks you guys have in the summer. I know there's one in East Providence, there's one in Warren. Yep. They always seem to be packed. That, that seems like it's been a success for you guys. Yeah, you know, clam shacks are like coming back to our roots. So as we're a national soup company now, we don't want to lose our roots of being local seafood. And uh, that's just been a great way to embody that in both with our markets, our stores, and the clam shack. And we're really excited to kind of brought together a, a local movement. There's so much great local food initiatives, entrepreneurial endeavors. And as we became national, like, how do we get back to our roots? So we did launch um, the Clam Shack Seafood Soups locally, only right now available at uh, local markets. Um, and so Rachel was a great part, being able to be our the face of the Blount Soups, both on QVC and in our local advertisements. And Rachel, as you yeah. guys talk and think about the future of the company, the future of the bland, brand, excuse me, a lot of companies say consumer preferences are changing mm -hmm. faster yeah. maybe yes. than they used to. Absolutely. What are you kind of, as you try to future-proof the company, yeah. what are you thinking? about that's where we see the consumer going or we see oh this is zooming up in our sales and we might not have expected yeah it. you know what I mean we do a lot of research on our end so we use technomic we use IRI we have a great culinary staff so we're constantly out uh, meeting with vendors finding out what's popular 
you know, as the millennials are taking over, we're seeing ethnic trends, we're seeing clean label stuff, we're seeing plant forward, we're seeing vegan. So I think we do a really good job of offering a little bit for everyone and so that we're kind of staying present in everyone's mind as far as we have what you need. Do people, do you see soup consumption overall? Is it going up? Is it the same? Is it down? Is it just changing within the category what people are doing? It's definitely going up, which is great, but what it's happening is to be, it's coming out of the center of the store, mm -hmm. canned aisle, and it's coming into the refrigerated department. Uh, yeah. So whether that's our hot-to-go soups, whether it's the pre-packed soups. So as it's growing, because, you know, it's convenient and it has all the options. The great thing about the soup and prepared foods platform, we do have something for everybody. And as people have their own personal choice for diet and nutrition, we can meet all those needs and still have that extravagant Friday night clam chowder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know, yeah. That's, yeah. that's no calories, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've always yeah. assumed, yeah. <laughs> so, Todd, you, you have a uh, big operation in Fall River. You, right. of course, are out of Warren, uh, mm -hmm. Mark Street, which has changed so much, actually, okay. in recent years. Um, any advice to leaders on both? You hear a lot about the food industry, yeah. and there's a lot of hope for it among leaders on right. both sides of the border in, in this neck of the mm -hmm. woods. Anything you think, oh, maybe trying that would make a difference, right. or this is something we should focus on? You know, the great thing about food, first of all, it's a great entrepreneurial uh, opportunity. You know, Hope in Maine and Warren, people are starting their new businesses in food because something they can, they, they're comfortable with, and, and it's a great way to get small business launched in Rhode Island. Um, but in addition, you know, we want to be local. So we have a, a full facility in Texas. We ship na nationwide. We have salespeople around the whole country. Um, so I think it's a combination of both being local, but then getting to a scale where you can, you know, um, have the right kind of either pricing or value or national trends. And, and so we're fortunate to kind of a little bit of both of that. Um, but I do think food is going to be one of those things that's moderately recession-proof, um, especially for us being both the food service and the retail area, that helps. Um, and also, it's just so much fun, right, because you, uh, you eat what you make, so it kind of helps. <laughs> well, Rachel, let me ask you, so I'll put sure. you on the spot. You can use all your, what you've learned at sure. QVC for us. So uh, what, is, uh, what product would you say if you're trying to get someone into the brand, and uh, what would you send them to? Or you'd say, you've got to try this one, you've got to try this soup, or you've got to try this food or something like that. Oh, what would you send so them many. to? I mean, our chowder, obviously. That, that is my favorite, but we have so many. I mean, we're doing a dill pickle mac and cheese. Interesting. Amazing. Okay. Is it good? It is amazing. <laughs> but um, everything's good. We have a chicken kale and sweet potato. Love that one. I think people are always looking for like a twist on a staple. So, you know, take a, an old comfort and kind of change it up. Todd, too, when you th as you talk about that, when you yeah. when, as you expand kind of what you do and, and right. the footprint of where your food goes, I think this was a had to be a logistical challenge or at least new thing yeah. for the company to manage. Right. You know, Nation, you're just talking about Texas. Right. I mean, to get things all over, not just, you know, sell us some chowder out the window right. in Warren. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the, you, Especially because it's refrigerated. You know, if it was dry or frozen, you, know, you just put it on a truck, put it on a train, you know, rail if you had to. So everything has to be quick ship, a lot of make to order. And so, yeah, part of our core competency and what it takes to grow um, is to have a, a, an expandable network, computer systems. You have to have key scheduling type people to bring all those orders in from around the country, put them into the best schedule, and to meet all the food safety standards, keep allergens separate, to keep things um, as clean as possible. It really takes a special team, which we think we've built. And the difference between Blount and, say, our competition, Big Food, is that we are real people, meaning we're in the job for decades, not years, and we can kind of build on those strengths. And uh, I put Rachel on the spot, so uh, yeah. 15 seconds left, <laughs> so I'll do it to you, too. What's your number one? What's your top recommendation? Oh, well, you know, I love the seafood soups, but, you know, we're so fortunate to be doing things like broccoli, cheddar, macaroni, and cheese, but 
you know, I'll take a good lobster mac and cheese. How are you both so skinny? It drives me <laughs> crazy. All right, Blount Fine Boots, Todd Blount, the president, Rachel Gerard, National Accounts Market Manager, and budding QVC star. Thank you both awesome. for being with thank me. You. And thank you for joining me on this week's Executive Suite. Remember, you can catch every episode on our website, WPRI.com, or we're back on iTunes as a podcast. So subscribe and get it every week there. See you back here next week on Executive Suite.